Hello and welcome to Breaking Late. I'm your host, Michael, and joining me again for a back-to-back week is JD. How are you, mate? Yep, no wild cards here this weekend. No wild Mitch cards, can sit no, this one out. Mitch, yeah, <laughs> didn't have the funding come through, you know. Yeah. Get the car couldn't, there. Couldn't line the sponsors up. <laughs> no, no. Oh, I'm actually, I'm, I'm off to see Mitch in a couple of weeks, actually. There you go, yeah. Um, off to QR, is it? Yeah, going to QR. Haven't been there before, so that should be interesting. I do my usual, come home from the supercars. <laughs> I think it was Monday afternoon. I said to Mitch, I was like, mate, I had a great weekend, you know, supercars. It feels like months and months since I've been there. It'd been since March. Um, I said, I need to do another round. I had a quick look on the internet. I was like, are we serious about doing QR? Because he's like, it's an hour drive from his house. So book tickets, off I went. Well, not <laughs> off I went. I'm, I'm going to go. Yep. Um, unfortunately, I really wanted to go there for next next weekend or the weekend after this Townsville round. Really, really wanted to go to Townsville. I had a blast there last year. Um, I reckon I could have pretty much snuck into everything that I went to last year and again this year. <laughs> um, but no, that didn't come to fruition. So we're going to QR. Should be good. It'll be interesting to see. Yeah. You know, I haven't been to QR before, so we'll... Yeah, well... We just got GA tickets because I looked at it. I'm like, there's not really anything else you need. I'm just going to sit up on the hill and... You can see a lot of QR anyway, so it's mm. a pretty good viewing track. Got access to the pit shed thing so we'll <laughs> yeah what are pits there yeah so we'll go there i'll wander around you know um it's a, it's going to be a super weekend a super super weekend it's a very super we got super utes yep we got the super threes the super twos and the super ones no. <laughs> <laughs> super cars yeah when when are they going to drop it become super ones yeah everything else is super super something super something well they well, are super, super cars car. yeah but why don't you have super cars two super cars three yeah, I don't know. Anyway, it doesn't one. matter. <laughs> um, how did you did you watch much of the race? Because I, I did. Yeah, you did. I did. I watched. I watched all of the race and all of <gasps> you qualifying. poor soul. <laughs> I know it was qualifying pretty, wasn't bad, but it was, it was the the race that was. Yeah, she was a struggle. Yeah, other than penalties, um, were probably the biggest highlights of the whole bloody race. I'm <laughs> sick of talking about five second time pedals, uh, penalties. It's really out of control. They're going to kill the sport with. Um, penalizing people for trying to make passes obviously being australian we're talking about daniel ricardo's penalties Two but, of them. uh and you know one of them was probably one of them was a little bit all right i can justify yeah. that the first one no nah. yeah and anyway they're, they're just gonna essentially kill it for people having a go mm. um ricardo actually in one of the interviews was really I wouldn't say pissed off, but like... He used the four-letter word that started with F, ended with C, and said, um, at the end of them. Mm, yeah, he did. Yeah, he was not, not overly happy. He didn't mince his words around. No. And he, he said, look, the car doesn't break that well. I don't have it's, I don't have a car under me like I did last year that I can pull those maneuvers off. And he's like, I can do one or two things. I can sit in the position and lose. Yeah. And be a, sorry, he said, be a loser. Or I can have a crack. And that's how, I, like, essentially, that's how he's yeah. built. Yeah, I think he's he said something like that. I'd rather move forward. I'd rather have a crack in race than, yeah, sit there and watch and be a loser. You're like, no. Nah. Yeah. And he needs to do it because, to be honest, that race was boring. There wasn't a lot happening. It was like everyone just went into, like, a control mode. Hamilton just pulled away and absolutely smashed the field, like, made Bottas look like he was asleep. Was he, like, 16 seconds up the track? Yeah, for a vast majority of it, it was like sixty, uh, sorry, twelve seconds yeah. away. Um, 
Yeah, it was just it was a bit a pathetic race in the end, unfortunately. Sorry, France. Yeah, well, eyeballs and blue runoff everywhere. And <laughs> did you Martin see? Really doesn't like that, does he? Or Crofty? Yeah, <laughs> no, they really hate it. Did you see? Did you hear what the the Ferrari, like Vettel's engineer, said to him? No, it's like towards the end of the race. So, all right, we are going on a plan F. Oh, I did, yeah. I'm like, geez, they skipped a couple of plans. Yeah. Last time I, I heard it was hate plan to B. be the driver at the start of the race. Like, all right, so we've got a couple of plans in place. Here's plan A, plan B, plan C, plan D. You're like, yeah. oh, Jesus, mate. Plan you F. Just... You're like, is that the whole thing's like plans? <laughs> Ricardo's word. Yeah. <laughs> um, re- re- just re- refresh my memory. <laughs> I think plan F was fastest lap. Yeah, I agree. Um, because he then he had that pit, pit at stop, the end. Yeah, the, chucked a set of the red tires on um, yeah. the softs. Yeah. They were, I, I don't super softs. <laughs> this really is confusing if you don't really remember exactly every compound that they brought. Yeah, because they're like there's the softs, mediums, and hards, and you're like, well, you chucked on super softs. Anyway, he went and got the fastest lap at the end of the race, so good on him. You know, slightly closing that gap between him and no one's catching Hamilton. No. It's slightly ridiculous. closing the gap that he just lost like another 10 points on the weekend. Was <laughs> extended. Was looking at the actual championship standings. And it's a pretty good little fight between Max Verstappen and Sebastian Vettel for third. There you go. It's 11 points in it. That's showing the consistency from Verstappen. Verstappen is actually doing, yeah. And this is something I took away. Like, he's going for, he's, he's a one place ahead of Charles. And he's 13 points ahead of Charles. Max is just, he's just chipping away. He is. He's just been in up up in that top three or four. Maybe he actually really likes the FIA, FIA gala ball. <laughs> and he wants to go to it. Yeah, maybe. Because I guarantee you if that was Kimi Raikkonen in third, he'd be like, I don't want to go. <laughs> what happened? Oh, my tires went off and I went left into a wall. <laughs> and I couldn't make it. And I don't get to go to the gala ball. Yeah, well, it's he's done a, a great, great job this season of just being consistent, and he's. I think he's punching that car a bit above where it should be. I think it's because the Ferraris are too up and down. Well, and you look at where Max's teammate obviously is a long way back in the championship. Now, I was calling at the start going. It's Gasly. too early to call for Gasly to be replaced. I don't think he's Do going to be Danny there next Kibiat's year. Going to get a new call I up? think Danny Kvyat deserves a new call-up. He's driving completely different now, isn't he? He's got a different, absolutely. Di- you can see it when he's standing in pit lane even, when he's talking to engineers. He's calmer. I don't know what he did in that time that he was away from Formula 1, but he just, he seems there. Well, because, you know, he went and become a Ferrari test driver. He did, he did. So he's Red Bull want him back <laughs> so bad. Yeah, like, well, you're really here. Are you here to, like, drive the Red Bull? No, you're really here to let us know everything about that simulator <laughs> that Ferrari's got <laughs> and how last year's car handled. Yeah. Um, where was its strength and weakness? <laughs> I think everyone pretty much knows where. It's, yeah, it's on the engineering wall when they're making decisions. <laughs> mm. That's where it really was. I've got some interesting stats I want to run by you. Yeah. Over the... Since... 2014, Australia 2014. Lewis Hamilton has won 52.7% of all races in nearly in just under five years. It's going to be five years at the end of this year. It's absolutely staggering, isn't it? Like, a, it's a more so than 50% since, win. This show. is since the turbo era. Yeah. And if you add in Rosberg, so Hamilton has won 52.7%. 
57 races. Yep. Rosberg won 20. And what Bottas... Was Rosberg was only there for three years, I think. He left in 06. Uh, 2016, sorry. So only two years. And he won 20. Yep. That's pretty good as well. Yeah, well... You go down percentage-wise, Hamilton's won 52.7% of races since 2014. Rosberg hasn't been in the sport since the end of 2016. Has still won 18.5%. He's in Sorry, second place. I was place. wrong there. That He would have retired at the end of 2016, so it would have been three seasons. Three, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Sorry. Yeah, um, continue. Yep. Sebastian Vettel's won 13 races at 12%. That's still not too bad, That's I a guess. pretty good job, yeah. considering... He's had bad cars beneath him. For Are they all Ferrari other... wins? They are. They are, he didn't win one with Red Bull, and he left them in 14. Yep. So, anyway, yep. Um, and Ricardo's won seven, which is pretty good, because that's that's the Vettel wins that they're all Red Bull wins. Yep. Um, Bottas has won five, ra- he's won five races, which is 4.6% of the races. Has he only won five? Yeah. That is, how many, so this is his second season there? Yes. Yes, because he started 2017, 17, 8, no, third. This is his third season. That is shocking. He's only won five. Max Verstappen's won five. He's won 4.6% of the races too, but he's actually 5.6% of his debut because Max Verstappen has never raced anything other than a hybrid Formula One car. Yeah, okay. And Kimi Raikkonen, the champion of the people, has won that one race, which was the US Grand Prix. Um, and he's 1.9%. There you go. It's a pretty Hamilton's short winning list, isn't it, when you think about it? It shows you what F1's like in the uh, hybrid era. It's very much Would a, you like a to see the winning list from V8 Supercars from 2019 to now? <laughs> <laughs> well, calm down. Well, let's go from car of the future. Oh. Let's start there. <laughs> it's too long ago. Yeah. <laughs> 2013. I need someone on Reddit to give me the stats like they did with all of this. <laughs> Thank you, um, Reddit. <laughs> Lewis Hamilton's won more races in the hybrid era since 2014 than Sebastian Vettel has won his whole career. And there was a point there where we didn't bother turning on the TV because you knew Sebastian Vettel was going to win. Yeah, well, it's probably similar to how he is now. Like with, um, sorry, similar to how Hamilton is now. Just that dominant. Yeah, I think it was 2013 was that real year where it was just like, What's the point of anyone else showing up? Yeah, well, 2010 was... A, a, 2010 was a, was a great good, battle. Yeah. 2011 was... Is that the blown diffuser? Blown diffuser, yeah, yeah. so Red Bull ran it. 2012 was another great year. Um, that's the one that there was a battle between Vettel and Alonso. Yeah. 2013 was dominated by... Oh, it wasn't even dominated. But I think Vettel pretty much had it in the back. He didn't win all the yeah. races. Yeah. And then 2014 come and the Mercedes Dark Age started. Yeah, they had the running head start with the engine power-wise and um, obviously biggest um, budget helped with the, the rest of the car as well. So they've been really, really strong <laughs> since this uh, new era started. We probably need a, a switch up again to sort of un- unsettle the ship a, a bit as well and give everyone just, else a chance. I can't see much changing. Unless well, they change put, engine, but they're not going to. No, they're not going to. I think this is another one of those they need to maybe min- minimize where the the improvements can be made. Mm. They need to start capping things so that the budget cap's meant to come in next year. Yeah, yep. Um, it's going to be interesting to see how that works. 
how many teams are going to go past it and get caught with it in the next 10 years. It would be interesting as well. Well, the thing <laughs> that I've read <laughs> like up every and they're sports going, team. oh, you know, there's a budget cap in there. You're not going to, you're not allowed to go over it. What happens if you do? There's no penalties. We don't know the penalty. Mm. I mean, maybe people closer in the game know it. And, I'm you know, sure there'll be a penalty. They w- they wouldn't bother going to all this effort. Are the Formula One news? Nico Hulkenberg. Nico Hulkenberg is actually off contract at the end of the year with the Renaults. Yep. Cyril come out and said, you know, we've got to assess all our options and see, you know, who's suitable for the drive next year because obviously Ricardo's signed on until 2020. Yeah. Um, Hulkenberg has actually scored 124 points out of the 207 points that Renault has scored since rejoining in 2017. He's done a pretty good job. He's, yeah, he's, he's, done pretty well, he's yeah. on the same points as Ricardo this year. They've both got 16-16. Ricardo's smashing him in qualifying 7-1. Yeah. Um, should he leave? Should they keep well, him? Well, he's been a consistent point scorer his whole career, hasn't he? He never gets. He's been the big a good peddler, but he's just he never, never gets... been in the best team at the right time. Yeah, and he never seemed to like when he was with Perez. He used to always have dramas with being slightly outdone. Um, like they'd, they'd always be around the same points, but Perez would always get like that one glory race where he finished fourth or something or fifth, and they were, you know the rest of the season they were in like eighth or something like mm-hmm. that. Um, where the Hulk's never had those glory races, which has probably hurt his career a little bit. He's never got lucky. He's always had a bit of unluck. Most number of race starts without so. a podium. Yeah, it, it is. And it, I don't think he's doing a bad job. I don't see where they're going to pull the adequate someone to partner. Like, unless they go... Unless like, they go s- yeah. Super 2, uh, Super two <laughs> Formula <laughs> 2, F2. Yeah, which is, which is interesting because we we're talking pre-show about um, a friend of ours actually w- works in Formula Two as a as a mechanic, a number one mechanic, and, a, and his driver actually just won the French uh, one of the races at the French Grand Prix uh, in Formula Two. So he is actually a Renault driver as well, Renault sponsored driver. He is French, so maybe they're just paving a bit of a road here to bring in a junior driver. Well, I wouldn't be surprised because the only other driver I think's off contract is like. Grosjean and maybe Magnussen? Did they only sign one-year deals? And I can't see either of them going. Oh, I could probably see Grosjean. Oh, yeah, yeah. But I could see Grosjean leaving Haas. Yeah, but I don't think anyone will pick Grosjean up. No, no, I I don't see that. But then, like I see, maybe Hulkenberg's only other option is to go to Haas. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, Sorry, yeah, I'm going backwards away. Um, The only other option, yeah, because if they don't sign Grosjean and then there's an empty spot at Haas... Hulkenberg could go there, but yeah, yeah, yeah. That's not a step forward. That's well, a they step originally left. wanted, they originally wanted Hulkenberg. He was one of the original um, targets, and he actually turned them down to go Renault. to Renault. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, but I don't think I think Robert Renault is performing better than Haas at the moment. Yeah, it has Haas shines, but like what so Magnussen badly. finished seventeenth, and Grosjean was the only retirement. Yeah, they they. Almost, it's like they focus so hard on doing one thing right that they forget the rest of the book. Gunter Steiner's words is, Haas is in the shit at the moment. And they are, because they can't seem to do... So, like, one race, they'll be good. The next race... Well, the next race, that's an understatement. The next five races, they're absolutely shocking. Mm. You know, and it's not 
just driving errors or cars not working properly. It's crew problems. It's like the whole... Yeah, you get... They have pit stop errors. They've just got weird strategy calls. They always somehow end up fighting each other on track. Yeah, and the Magnussen thing, once again, like, don't get me wrong, Magnussen's not a bad driver and he's quite quick, but he is not a team player. No, he's not. He proved that from his his, uh, career that he was at um, McLaren. Mm-hmm. And there's a reason he's no longer there because he's just 100% out for himself. And that's how it happens in Formula 1, I guess. Did they replace Magnussen with Alonso? Um, Or Van Dorm? Van Dorm and then Alonso come along. Yeah, that's right. When Button retired. No, no. Van Dorm was stood down, then Alonso come over. Yeah. Um, Sorry. But yeah, the, the... like. Button, I've seen interviews with Button where he talks about Magnuson, and he said he's just out of control. Like he said, I don't have bad feelings against him, but he's he's like super aggressive. Like he's super super aggressive. He Win probably doesn't it. need a bead like that against a teammate. He said it was very awkward. Mm. So yeah, I just I don't know. Do you reckon Haas has got a longer future in Formula One? I think Haas will continue in Formula One. Yeah, they've put a lot of investment in this. They won't shut it down. They might sell. Yeah, well, this was something that sort of ran through my mind um, actually this afternoon when I was like, what? Race was a bit boring. We've got to come up with things to talk about. Well, and I was like, like, would Haas continue? When the budget cut comes in, they're going to help them. Yeah, it'll absolutely help Haas. Um, It'll help all those middle, middle teams. Because it'll just close that gap, essentially. You're going to get the big teams like Ferrari and Mercedes that are going, obviously going to go, engine development is not in. Yeah, it's not or the included. Formula, or yeah. they're going to go, well, no, we're Petronas, Mercedes, Formula One. We don't build the engines. We buy engines. Mercedes a, build the engine. They can spend all the money they want on it. And yeah, then they, and they buy exactly. the good ones. They buy them at a loss, essentially. Yeah. This is, uh, you know, mis- that's Mercedes' problem if they're not making money on these yeah, engines. We're buying, Ferrari, we're Ferrari, buying for $10. Scuderia <laughs> Ferrari, they, does, they, they don't build engines. They buy <laughs> them from Ferrari. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They actually stamp Fiat. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, it, it will be interesting to see what the budget cap actually does to the field. Um, I think we've got better with the following and stuff like that. It seems a bit better this year. Mm-hmm. I think we need to make a few more changes to close the, the gap up. Uh, that needs to not, like we we need to not have such a gap between our B class and A class of dri- like not drivers but teams. Yeah, the Formula One point five shouldn't be a thing. It, look, Vettel should not have been able to come in and take a pit stop just because he wanted to go for the fastest lap. Like this yeah. is showing people can just do whatever they want. If you're at the back of that front field, you can just take that pit stop and get fastest lap of the race. Because no one's, like, most of the time, they're more than a lap behind them. I think Vettel was the last car in the lead lap. There you go. Exactly. So, it's, it's a substantial gap back to the next car. It is a big gap. You can you can do a slow pit stop and still get well and truly out. Half a lap ahead of them. God, was it? Yeah, I think Ricardo actually had a pretty slow pit stop this race. Yeah, quite a few of them were slow, actually. I, I did notice it. Four seconds. Yeah, yeah like, most of them were above three. Yeah, and I watched it, and you're just like, really? So I know we sort of talked a little bit about this right at the top of the show, but let's sort of 
talk a bit more about all these time penalties and like Dana Ricardo's time penalty and our we're sort of going a bit more opinionated. Not a bit more opinionated, but like we'll discuss it a bit more. Okay, yeah, more in depth. More in depth. Okay, far away. That last lap of the race with the four cars all fighting. I know it was pretty was spectacular. Was the most That's exciting the thing that happened to this. One, wasn't even broadcast live. No. We got to see Charles Leclerc closing a six-second gap to five seconds. Yeah. At the end of the race. It was yeah, like a bit I boring. I know. The, even the commentators were quite cr- like critical of it. They were going, why are we watching this? Yeah, yeah. Give us the other bit. You show saw us, all the names show us down. The like, oh. Because I mean, Lando Norris, he oh, did get a, driver of the day. Driver of the day. What a mat! He did such a good job at managing that car. Hydraulic failure. Listening to it, it was just like all the team were like, "I'm sorry, buddy, but you can't use DRS." It's like, I can't. It won't open. Or I'm not allowed. They're like, "You're not allowed." Yeah. Okay. He's like, "Steering's happy." Yes. Hydraulics are going. You just got to drive through. It's like, okay. Yep. The diff will go. It'll make it hard to steer, hard to turn. Yeah, it was, you're gonna lose hydraulic pressure to the power steering, so that's gonna be hard too. <laughs> it was just like bad news after bad news. Oh, and by the way, there's three cars closing in on you. Yeah, just uh, you know, take it in, do what you want with this, but can you push? <laughs> it reminds it reminded me so much of, I believe, I think it may was it the multi twenty one year in Malaysia, where um, Weber was just flying through the field. I think they went to Button or something. They're like, Weber is catching oh, you. Yeah. And it's like, he's on fresh, right? He will get you. And <laughs> I think Brundle said the only way that message could be more <laughs> scary <laughs> if it was in delivered the in the dark. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> just reminded me of that. They're like, basically like, it's a horror story for you, Lando. <laughs> yeah. And you know, hats off to Lando. He did a great job. Really mature, actually. Car. Yeah. And he, didn't, didn't whinge your bitch on the radio. He just go heads down, bum up. I've got to drive this car. It it did show a different depth to his driving too. It it was really really impressive. I was um, yeah, I was quite blown away that he managed it so well. Didn't lose his temper. Didn't get over emotional about it too. Because it would have been easy to do like, and then just start making mistakes. But he just kept his head down. Did a great job. Absolutely stand out. So. With the Daniel Ricciardo penalties, Daniel Ricciardo caught up on the Lando Norris that was in that struggling McLaren. Um, that first sort of overtake that he... Uh, yeah, would it overtake, did he get done for leaving a track and gaining a position? No, he got done for unsafe entry the first time. Because okay. he sort of like... He went up over the curb. I swear his left wheel was still on the curb. Oh, yeah, it's on the curb for sure. Yeah, yeah. It just goes outside the white line on the track, and that's what they're pen- oh penalised him for. And then they said he entered the track un- like not safely. I'm like, how is that how unsafe? Groshon was like, there's more than a car width left there. It wasn't Be- like Groshon was... The reason why, no, it was because of Lando Norris then had to take to the... um. He went out wide because of the way Ricardo come through. So he went back out, and I think he went off onto the blue stuff. Yeah, okay. So because the way Ricardo sort of come flying through up on the curb off the track, allegedly, and then he saw it was where his position because uh, Lando Norris was trying to go around that curb that yeah, Ricardo yeah. went over. Um, and then Alonso, uh, Lando, already struggling. You're about to say Alonso then. I was. <laughs> Alando. Yeah, Al- Alando, Alonso, <laughs> um, very similar, yes. Because he's already struggling to turn this car because it's been a real dog of a car, he's, had, he's just taken evasive action. 
yeah. made it look worse than what it was. Yeah, and if you're going to start penalising everyone for t- having a crack, that one was, was definitely in my eyes wasn't a penalty. But then again, I say, I say the same for the Vettel penalty. I don't think that should have been no, a penalty No, and I either. think it's, the problem is, is there's precedent now. Absolutely. And they, I guess to FIA's credit or the Driver Stewart's credit, you they're consistent. consistent. Yeah, they're consistently... Consistently handing out bloody five-second penalties. Wrong. <laughs> I was about to use another word, but <laughs> they're consistently doing it wrong. What's your thought on the second one where he sort of went... Well, that's the one. That that definitely is the one, isn't it? Did that's he actually the one. pass off the track? Because I know he, he did, went yes. and put all the wheels off and then sort of come back on and back out again. He's playing like the put your left foot in, put your left foot... Yeah, just... look, there wasn't enough room to run a car up there and he, he, he put it up there because there was a runoff area beside the track. That's the track design issue. I bet if you put grass there... Oh, he wouldn't have done it, but... Nah, because he's, he's petrified of grass now after the <laughs> after Australian Australia. Grand Prix. <laughs> well, actually, uh, you know, he's got precedence of actually going on the grass to pass someone. Um, look, I think it's, it is a tough penalty, but I, I definitely see it's in the rules. And um, he, did, he did leave the track deliberately to pass someone. So, you, you know, if, if you look at it with the rule book, he's got to be penalised. It's a shame because... It race. made for a spectacular sort of moment in the race. That was other than 11th that, then. Yeah, other than that, it was a pretty shitty race. So it put him out of points in the end. I just think this racetrack, this racetrack is asking for time penalties. <laughs> With all of the runoff? With the runoff and there's so much shit going on. There's like blue lines and red lines. <laughs> and you're not, you're not, look, you're too many lines. You don't notice the little white one if you go over it. <laughs> you probably do a bit more in the car. Whatever. Max Verstappen went four wheels over the white line in qualifying, and that didn't get picked up. I did notice that in qualifying. I was wondering whether they were going to start penalising people for going off track. And they didn't. No, only during the race. They just wait, because they can't hand out a five-second penalty during qualifying. They mustn't have brought it up in the driver's briefing. I don't know. Maybe because it's on exits, not on on the apexes, that was less of a problem. Carrying more speed. Yeah, and it, th- I guess they they did do Ricardo for dangerous re-entry, not for uh, track limits. The second one he got done for track limits. Yeah, the second one he got for, done for leaving the track, track and, and gaining, gaining an advantage. advantage. The first one was... Not I watched the onboard footage of Ricardo's car. I don't think that was an unsafe... In- I don't believe... I don't class him as leaving the track. Yeah, I know the curb isn't part of the track technically, but I'm like, God, if you got your car on that, good on you. Yeah, yeah. It's not like well, it's very much like Max's penalty last year at in, uh, Mexico. Yeah, it's Mexico. I'm pretty sure that really awkward. I thought that was America the year before. America year before it was on Hamilton. Yeah, but now they got the big like sleeping policemen or whatever. In the yeah, way. because he passed someone and then, oh, just so poorly handled. Anyway, anyway. That's enough about that. That's enough about Formula 1. If you are heading to Townsville this year for the V8 Supercars, you may notice something different on the side of the cars. I'm just trying to picture exactly where it's going to be. It's going to be in the rear window of the ZB, and I assume that tiny little quarter panel on the back of the Mustang. I don't know where they're going to fit it in the Mustang. What I'm talking about is we're getting a... They're trialing a digital number display panel so it's like an led display it can display i think three digits it can do the number the driver's initials um track position 
and pit stop time is what they're aiming to display. Wow. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of displaying. <laughs> they they tested that. I remember, In yeah. 2015 on the Super 2s or something at Bathurst. Yeah. I think it, it was... I remember it being successful then. Yeah, it's taken a long time. I actually expected it to move over to V8s really I thought quickly. it would have been 2017. Maybe give it two years to implement it. This, I, I guarantee you they won't come in until 2021. <laughs> yeah, it'll be in the new regs. Yep. Um, it's it's interesting. I put a call out. It's um, very GT. I think it's helpful. It is, it it's is. It's going to be helpful. Okay, for the, so to put it in perspective, it's, it's going to be very helpful for races where there is, um, say like Darwin every year and a lot of the sprint races, where they have to do a pit stop and people go back into the field and you don't know what's going on. You got to really you can, wait. You can't tell where the lead. Well, you can't even tell where the lead of the race is anymore. Yeah. yeah. I know it's not technically, well, it is technically the lead, but it's not with the real lead car because the lead car went into the pits and pit stopped or whatever. But it, it still shows you who hasn't pitted up to that person. It makes it so much easier to follow. You can, you can tell. Um, like I said before, I we put a call out. There's some stuff we wanted to discuss on the show this, this week. Yeah, thanks I, um, for the support, everyone, yeah, as well. Yeah, we, we had people write in, which is fantastic. Really liked it. One of the patients says well, it wasn't a reg thing they wanted. They wanted like a NASCAR style yeah, okay. um, driver Position tower, pole. positioning yeah. tower, um, which, to be honest, I can understand exactly why people want that. You want to be able to easily look up because we've got big screens and stuff around the track, but, God, you need like binoculars to even see... Which oh, yeah. drivers are, especially yeah, now they're using Fox the Foxtel feed. feed. It's designed to be watched on a higher resolution screen, you know. I say meters because I don't sit far away from my screens and stuff like that. But, you know. Yeah, you mean three digits. Yeah. yeah, like a digit, like a number digit beside it and then three like letters to symbolize the name. You can't read it from you can't read 100 it from meters away. Yeah, I agree, I agree. It's so I can see solid. why people want this. And I think these LED... No, uh, digital number displays is going to be a good thing. I really, I'm thinking, would they do it like if you got like a car that's been lapped, would their number like just go blue, so you know the like blue flag there at the back and have that's like the lead cool. numbers like yeah. on white, so that's you can really sort of cool tell idea. the idea of like, oh no, that's a lapped car because his number's different. That is a really cool idea. And like as a driver, you're yeah, like, oh no, ah. Uh-uh. McLaughlin's coming up. My number's gone blue. No. <laughs> Everyone knows. Same. <laughs> yeah. For shame. For shame. I'm going in the pits. Yeah. Um, and pit stop times. It's going to display pit stop times. Or I don't know if it's going to, but it has the, the technologies in place to display it. Yeah, okay. My issue with pit stops is they do this Pertec pit stop challenge thing. They do it as the whole pit stop transit time, I swear. They're like, it was 35 seconds. I don't want to know that. I want to know... Actual stationary time. Stationary stop time. Like, why can't we get our stops down to five seconds? Mm. Especially on a Saturday sprint race, we're only changing wheels. Well, that's the ones they do it on, isn't it? I don't think they're doing fuel stops. Yeah, that's the one they do it. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know why we're not doing it. I think we need to really fix up our pit stop time to display the pit stop times. Yeah. I don't want transit time. That's the same for everyone. That doesn't matter. Well, it's not. If you do a faster stop, you, your transit time's shorter. Everyone still has to do the same distance at 40 k's an hour. 
I know, but if the stop in the oh, middle yeah, is yeah, I know a that. second faster, but it's hard, you, like you, you, if it was 35, it'll be 34. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, okay. But say everyone's got 35 second transit time and then it's plus your actual stop time. Yeah. You know, it give us the smaller numbers. It's more impressive when your pit stops at five seconds. Oh, I, I agree. Seconds. I agree. I guess they probably just haven't got the manpower to do it. And it's not computerized. What it really should be is off the air jack or something. We should have a, Foxtel should have a sensor on every air jack. Well, if, you're actually, not, if you're not listening, Foxtel, listen. Well, what supercars <laughs> have done now is they've, can, they're cutting back on all the tech on the pit gear. So you're not allowed to put your like pressure gauges and stuff like that on the air jacks. You're not allowed to have extra sensors now. They're really cutting that back for costs. Yeah, They're going, people I don't now mean, are spending I don't mean hundreds of thousands of dollars on all. the pit booms and stuff. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. I know what you're saying. You're yeah, saying Foxtel This is completely Foxtel data. All right. We've got 25 sensors. Here you go. But the only problem is, is then you've also... Oh, it's not too hard. It, I was just going to say, got you've, you've got two cars on beam. Like, so you've got Todd Hazelwood sharing with... Who does he share with? Uh, one of the BJR cars. Yeah. So, you know, if they've just got that sensor on that car, but it would just be boom and you can work out who's in who. Exactly. Who's transiting pit lane at the time. I just think that our pit stop times displayed in this pit stop challenge should be the actual stationary time, not... Yeah. 38 seconds. I agree. I agree. 100%. It's a good idea. All right. Foxtel, get on that shit. Get on it. Um, Tim Slate is going to... He's been listening to us. He's seen that you love the XL racing. Oh, and what a bloke, eh? Hey? Yeah, good bloke. Yeah, no, good on you, Timmy. Now he's off to race the Hyundai XL series. There you go. That's going to be awesome, isn't it? I kind of want to watch it. How cool is it, it. Which, which race is it? It is... He's taking, I think, it to the Benz Motorsport Park. Yeah, SA Championship. Yeah. Um, it is going to be cool because we're going to be able to... These these young fellas and young ladies that race in this series are going to be able to pip, put themselves against a current supercar driver. That's pretty yeah, cool. Yeah, I think it'll be, you know, these, these young guys and girls that are driving these cars to have Tim Slade on the grid will be fantastic. Uh, the, yeah, and I'm sure he'll be out there giving advice and stuff like that. It'll be pretty cool. The off topic and not really like I wasn't racing with him on the weekend, but Bryce Fullwood was down in the pits at the, in the go karting this weekend. Yeah, come up, said hello. That was good enough for me to try and like go. Well, I have to go faster now. <laughs> two drivers watching. There you go. Pump more pressure in the tires. <laughs> it worked, <laughs> but then he left. I was like, oh. but no. Like even then, just having a more experienced driver down in the pits, everyone's you lift your game a bit more. There you go. Well, that's good. It's good that it can be affected, like, and this is going to be really, really good for this, um, this XL Cup over there as well. I'm really, I'm, I'm going to try and find a link for it, and I want to watch it. I hope it's. I wonder if it'll be, be streamed. Yeah, I wonder if it'll be um, broadcast at all. Maybe on Facebook or something. Yeah. But that should be pretty good. Um, I think next year we need to try and get them as a, a bit of a um, what do you call it? A class that comes along with the V8s at a few more rounds because that was excellent racing. Oh, and become an actual support category. Support category, that's what I was looking for. Sorry, I'm struggling. Um, yeah, a support category that actually turns up to more rounds because that was some of the best racing of that whole weekend. Everyone's in the exact exact same car. Most of them pretty much have the exact same budget, which is nil. Not much. <laughs> just enough. <laughs> and you've got guys just wanting to go out there and... Some of them want to be the next, you know, Scott McLaughlin. Others are just wanting to have fun, but it's good racing. 
The racing's really good. Yeah, it's so close. All right. So this is what I actually put the call out for. Okay, so yes, this is a, the big one, is it? It's the big one. The 2012 Supercar. 12, 21. <laughs> you would not believe the number of times when I typed that out that I wrote 2012. <laughs> We're going back in time, people. <laughs> Have you noticed the number I called 2016 06? I just... I'm getting old, man. I remember when it turned to 2000. <laughs> and now yeah, we're talking true. about 2021 and it's not far off yep it isn't no it's it's around the corner a couple of years away now so we're talking about the 2021 supercar you you regulation it. nailed it brother <laughs> nailed it our wish list yes what's your wish list let's go um, through it should, should we go through mine and then we'll go through yours and we'll yeah well I, I agree with a lot of yours there's a few things that me and you we're uh, going to disagree on some stuff but do not agree on but you know, you know I, predominantly I think a lot of the stuff you've come up with and and also big shout out to everyone that commented on our Facebook page for their ideas as well mm -hmm. obviously we'll touch on them. Um, obviously Hugh with the the, the the tower yeah yeah I think it was Dan Dan contacted us yeah okay. um, about that yeah so that was really good so thank you you know for everyone that writes in yeah. we really appreciate it um and yeah the, the ideas are really good so so i'll run through my my yeah, wish let's list. go through yours right. unless my wish list starting with more controlled chassis front to rear control so pretty much at Explain the moment what you mean by that because it so means that at the moment the pretty much the rear end of the car up until the firewall is all controlled chassis they all run the same chassis um and from the front end onwards, so basically the front suspension setup, that is all free game yep. for the teams. That's it is all their own intellectual property. They all yep. build their own uprights. It's a little weird when you think about arms. it that, you know, supercars in 2013 said, all right, you can run this and it starts at the firewall and ends right at the end. Yep. I think um, reading into it, it pretty much was the teams going, well, we've already got the front dampeners, we've already got this. Well, the teams, were, the teams were very much pushing that they'd put a lot of development into the front ends of these cars to get them handled properly. Uh, and they didn't want to throw away all this intellectual property that they had designed. Uh, you know, obviously, it was for each team had their different designs and stuff like that, so they all were pretty protective of it. The problem when you leave a section... That's not controlled because, oh, we've already got this. This works fine. I've already spent a hundred grand designing this. Yeah. I would hate to know how much Triple Eight or Penske has spent designing their front end. Yeah. Well, we, we obviously um, have heard some pretty uh, sto good stories from Red uh, Bull, friends of ours. Red Bull charge, it, I think it's 50K per corner. Yep. 50k per corner, it's, that's nuts, isn't it? Well, you think about, so uh, not to go into too much because it's pretty, you know, it's not necessarily open news, but when Penske actually started to pour the money and they were designing new uprights for every sort of, some of them in between races and then some of them were maybe two races. So that that's huge money. Like the machining time, the, the, the materials, everything that goes into that, when they were really, really pushing forward, that's you know the, That's the small teams cannot is. the and small teams cannot do that. If they we want to control do cost, that. we can all talk about like banning twin springs and you know. That's a real, but the, that is another way to cut cost. But but the twin springs was a it was like a, a small band aid, like a 
you know, yeah, you know, you've got a gash and you're leaking all this blood, but they've they've put a band aid on the little mozzie bite that you've got. Yeah, you know, like it, I know they were trying to do the right thing there, and they're trying to lower the engineering cost of the car, but realistically we've got to go back to the basics i know they can't do that right now because we're already in the middle of regulations at the at this present time they can't make a big swing change like that but this 2021 time is where we've really got to look at it and get it right if it's controlled the teams cannot develop it yeah and therefore you're not spending money trying to reinvent the wheel just um have a look what hannah was talking about that she has an interesting point um about we we basically got to be careful with the fact that we don't give Triple Eight or Penske the rights to develop everyone's um, front ends or whatnot, because that's when the rich the moment, teams get rich, uh, yeah. and the poor teams just give the exactly. rich team money. Exactly, this is what's happening with ZB's. You know, Roland Dane's getting money from all the other teams, and he turns that into develop money for his cars, sort of thing. Like I know he outlaid a lot of money to design all those the the um, body kit. Or, the aero on the car and whatnot, and it's it's their money that it paid for those gains there, but he's the one that's wreaking the rewards for it. Did it ever come out? Like we know that it cost fifth, was it seventy k to upgrade your ZB to a, yeah, uh, yeah. a VF to a ZB? Yeah. Do we know what the Mustang came in at? No one actually. You know, I don't know because we don't know anyone in a Mustang. <laughs> yeah, but even the 50K, the 70K came out in Speed Cafe. Oh, did it? Yeah, because I think Brian Walkinshaw or one of the other holding teams like, Mate. I remember where we got where I got it from. It was not from there. Not from there. <laughs> oh, well, it did come out on one yeah, of the media okay, releases. Cool, That's cool. where I found it. I, I didn't I, find out by talking to the team members. Going, <laughs> Mike, what happened? Well, <laughs> why aren't we doing this? And then I got a, a, a very bleak... Because it's costing too much money for an old, outdated car to be turned into a ZB. Yeah. They said, and it still won't be as light, um, won't have as low a center of gravity, et cetera, et cetera. But no, Hannah did raise an interesting point about we've got to make sure that the dominant teams aren't producing all these parts for the other teams and basically just, I'm not against teams well, turning I think a this profit. Is where, I think this is where we've done all right with the chassis side of it as well, but... We need to probably move that away and get people to not build their own chassis anymore. They need to buy the chassis. Yeah, and we need this to have a, exactly a supercar. What, uh, this was, if anyone that's listened to Enforcer and the Dude, yeah. um, Paul Morris pretty much said this. Car of the Future was designed, it's going to reduce the cost. You don't have to build your chassis. It's a controlled chassis. Before, well, every team was making their own chassis from scratch. Yeah. Now, everyone makes their own chassis. To spec. Yeah, to spec from So scratch. they're still making their own chassis. Yeah. The idea of Car of the Future was you have maybe a Victorian manufacturer, like a you know a fabricator in Victoria pumping out chassis, and maybe one in Queensland or, you know... Probably Queensland, yeah. yeah. That's the two main... The two main places Melbourne with teams. And Melbourne and Brisbane, um, and Gold Coast. You'd have two, ma- two fab shops up there, or down, down there and up there, all pumping out supercar chassis. Yep. And then as you scale up, with volume and they become cheaper to produce and therefore reduces the cost. Absolutely. But I think what supercars probably should have done is maybe gone to a fab shop and partnered with them to make the chassis. Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree. I agree. There's, there's definitely something that we've missed in the, in the pudding sort of, you know what I mean? Like we, we had this great concept and we just didn't execute it properly. 
um, it, yeah, it obviously was something that, you know, got over, sort of over, I, I understand what they were trying to say. Like, you're not engineering your own chassis anymore. So you're taking away all those improvement costs that were in the old chassis. They they did they did cut costs there. Yeah, yeah, they but did. But they didn't really cut. But they costs didn't reduce the, the cost of the chassis of making the chassis. Yeah, yeah agree. Because BJR is making four chassis, so they yeah. still got to make four of them. And then you've got Erebus making two. You've got Walkinshaw making two. With BJR, they're going to make about eighteen of them because <sighs> they write them off all the time anyway. <laughs> poor Brad. Oh, Wait, that poor, poor team. They, last year, I think they went through one stage. They wrote three chassis off in one weekend. Two thousand seventeen in Tasmania, I think they wrote all their cars off. Yeah, unbelievable. I can. You can't they must be the hardest luck. working like <laughs> boys and girls on the grid. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, anyway, can I get back to my list? Yes, because we've got through list. the top point of yeah. more controlled chassis, front to rear end controlled, okay. um, as well as controlled front dampeners, because that's all over in the news. My next point is a a lower roof line, or a new cage to design to allow more natural looking two door cars. So I think we need to redesign our roll cage. No, that makes complete sense as well because we've got to look at where the car industry in Australia because this uh, this race supercars has to be specific to Australian cars that mm -hmm, are getting mm -hmm. purchased in Australia. Otherwise, the manufacturers aren't going to put money behind it. No. So we need to make it so more manufacturers can come in with the vehicles that they've got. Obviously, the you know the blueprint we have right now, we can see the Mustang doesn't really look like a Mustang. But it like he's. 2013, we were all racing Commodores and Falcons, big four-door sedans that were selling. Yeah, exactly. Now they're not. Yeah. So it's definitely something we need to look at there. Uh, I agree 100% with that comment. My next one, vehicles must use factory bonnets and boot lids. That's a pretty cool one. It's pretty cool. Uh, I, I, I understand what you're doing there. So this is to, to help. force... A more natural look. And when I say natural, I mean to look more like the actual cars. Yep. Well, you could go as far as back to the old headlights as well. Like back in the sort of early 2000s and that. All the cars actually, like they weren't cut out of headlights, but they were actually like a genuine article mm. headlight where now they're all literally just carbon fiber and, and Kevlar uh, whole bumpers with a little... Uh, perspex screen over an LED. Like I got like um, the other year when we did a pit tour through Todd Hazelwood's car. Like you look at his lights. Yeah, they look all that shit. <laughs> they're just a circle with two LED like lights. That's it. Yeah, it's just, just a small a plate with a magnet with two LED lights on it, and that's that's the headlights. Yeah, yeah. My so. thing is if we. I understand what you're saying, yeah, 100%. Like, we don't have to do all the panels because I know we got to stretch some stuff or whatever, but if we force them to at least use, we will go, and I know some people are going to go, oh, well, that's just to stop the Mustang. And I'm like, well, it's a, you could still make the Mustang if we had to require to use the front bonnet, but you won't get this slopey aero-designed bonnet. Yeah, really nose, low I nose. think it will keep the cars more in line with what's actually out on the road, and I think that is an important thing. Yep. Um, so, yeah, anyway... We'll go on to my next one, which is the... I'm going to skip the next one. I'm going to go on to it, and I'll come back to it. Okay, because you know that's the one I'm going to disagree with, isn't yep. it? <laughs> um, so then we've got a reduction in downforce. Now, I've pulled out of my ass 
decrease on the downforce on current numbers. Oh, 40%. That's well, a big number. We're up 30% from what they were at the car of the future. There you go. We've increased to 30% more downforce than what the controlled car was in 2013. I, I want to... I, what I want to say... like I said, that's not scientific. That's me just going... Yeah, what I want to say... Thing is I think we need to really take a long look at how we're testing downforce. Yep. And I think we need to have parity in it. And I think this is not aimed at at one team because we know there's one team dominating at the moment. But I think we need to have better parity because I feel like we've had Nissans that had really good downforce for a while. I think they've kind of screwed it up a little bit at the moment. And it goes for what, all I of the Russo said they had six aero changes in the years that they've been. There you go. So I, I think nearly every year they've changed the aero package on those Nissans. Yeah. So I think we need to find a better way of parroting the aero. Um, so yeah, like I said, 40% is just a number plucked out of my ass, but a reduction. I think a good reduction would be good. Um, yeah, the 40% is a big number, but yeah, uh, maybe we need to look at maybe more ground effect. Um, you know, downforce rather than error over the top a reduction in minimum weight of cars and lower center of gravity but let i don't something i should have heard it written a bit more on here was i don't want the driver and the cool box like the cool suit and the water box and stuff like that to be reduced i think the driver minimum not a minimum driver weight but I don't think we should be going to what Formula One was, where you've got drivers that are having to lose a heap of weight. I just think maybe we don't need as much. Every car is running ballast to bring it up to weight. Let's lower the weight of it. Lower the center of gravity so we don't have to have 30 kilos hanging over Scotty's head. Um, and yeah, like we'll just... You've got to be careful with lowering the minimum weight because it'll do exactly what you're saying. Mm. It'll limit the height of drivers because the height, the taller you are, the heavier you essentially are that for a fit person. But I think everyone's running about nearly 50 kilos in the cars anyway. Yeah. So that that is definitely something that could probably be dropped 50 kilos then or say 40. So you're still allowing some leeway. But yeah, well you've got to be really careful. That's what I meant. Like I don't want it to be to a point that it's detrimental to the health of the drivers the having to lose so much weight and i don't want the teams to go oh look the car's built to this minimum weight you don't have a drink box yeah or you know your cool suit's a crappy little one because it's lightweight yeah yeah um that's what i was meaning for that um another little thing is i think paddle shifting gears should probably be allowed yeah see that's going to be a big controversial one don't my other one was going to be remove the roll bars uh just for roll bars no Boom, locked in, done. Ooh. But I like it, so I kept it in my regs. <laughs> yeah, that, that... I just think that's another one of the really engineering good. one. But then I think a lot of it is probably more driver... Like, well, I don't know. I look at Shane Van Gisbergen on the fly, and he's not been told by the engineer where to adjust it. No, no, it. of course not. It's, that's it's all driver, driver on the fly. But I don't want it to be to a point where the engineers are having to tell... I don't want the drivers to be driving because the engineers are telling them what to do. Yeah, yeah, I agree, I agree. So I kept that in. Um, now, to my my controversial opinion. Okay, let's go on. Hybrid technology. Um, vehicles to use a supercar-controlled issued MG UK system, KERS. Yep. Um, 
Curse to be activated by driver, no ECU control. So a bit like the old school curse, push to pass, push to defend. At the moment, the Formula One cars, they're all controlled by the ECU. They don't even have to press a button for curse. They do, they do have a override as well. Yeah, but most of it... Defend button. Most yeah. of it is like, it's all computer controlled. Yeah, it's yeah, not okay. like the old days, the old days, 2009, where you used to see and they had that little green bar. Yeah. And you get a certain percentage of it. Um, and the other thing to go with the curse is a reduction in engine power. Drop it down to 500 horsepower for the V8s. 550 for the V6s. No, I didn't put V6 in here. We <laughs> still keep V8s because, oh God, we'll have a ride if we drop them. Um, reduction to 500 horsepower and the curse system to be equivalent to a 100 horsepower boost. Yeah, okay. My only problem is... If you make okay, put it this way: if you make enough cost cutting everywhere else, you can keep your curse. <laughs> but I feel like if it's a that system component, it's still going to be like eighty to a hundred grand. But there's no and then you're going to have to have a spare one or two. And I feel like it will just become unaffordable to the teams. I I, I can see where you're coming from, but I I can honestly see that a curse system will be implemented in 2021 or. In a future update, because manufacturers want to look green and hybrid is green. I I agree. I agree. It will happen eventually in supercars. I just feel like... NASCAR's looking at it. 2021 may be a little bit early. The cost may be a little bit high. What did we we put it in our little chat group? A little um, couple of people are in a chat with us. And where they said, you don't need curves if you have less drag, is a comment we had. Yeah. Um, so if you reduce the downforce, do we need the curse system to compensate? Yeah. Which was a good point. Um, Mitch, um, pretty much said he doesn't want to run the risk of alienating the fan base with fangdangled technology. He didn't say fangdangled, but (laughs) he did say he was, you know, actually his words was careful to don't, you don't want to alienate the fans base with all this fancy pants technology. (laughs) Is curse system a too fancier thing for supercars? No. My my only problem with it is the cost. Mm-hmm. If they can get the cost down and make it reliable enough that it's not going to cost the teams a fortune. Been in Formula 1 for 10 years now. That's why I think that maybe it's... I'd say it's just huge cost in Formula 1, but... Uh, yeah, well, that's because they've got the MGH and the yeah. MGK and... And the battery packs are huge and... If we run the curse, you're not. It's not going to affect the car's sound, or it shouldn't, because no, this is this is brake recovery. Yeah, yeah. This so kinetic it's not like energy it's the recovery. kinetic energy recovering. It's not, not like the MGUH, which does muffle the exhaust a bit because you're trying to yeah, extract it's run the run off the turbo. Yeah. Shaft. Yes. I, 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 well, that's my my points that I'm going to send look, to you know Adrian the curse, Burgess. The curse thing, I think comes down to cost if they can do it for the right amount of money fair enough but the 500 horsepower thing i think is a great idea we're struggling at the moment how many how many commodores are in our field 18 something like half a million 16 six 16 there's four nissans four nissans that'll be 20 and there's no there must be 16 there's 24 okay so we've got a field that's pretty much all commodores Mm -hmm. we need new manufacturers to come in so one GM will bring something in. We know that's happening. It's going to happen. We all know it's going to happen. Brian Walkinshaw is not hiding the fact that he wants a Camaro in. 
And he said... So the two-door roll cage and um, shortening of the chassis and stuff well, will said, happen? They've got a mock-up of what a Camaro would look like on the current chassis. And he says it looks like an Aussie car. We're not racing it. Yeah, okay. So essentially, uh, I think that'll happen. They'll change the brakes to make two-door cars look like two-door cars on, on um, you know, the new chassis that will be the 2021 regs. The five on, so th- but they'll still use a GM engine, so they'll yeah. still use the so whole engine. Use whole engine, so it won't change anything. Yeah, they're they're happy to bring them in, but we need to bring in things like Kia, like Toyota. I would we love need a supercar Camry because they are so angry looking on the road. They do look like a good car. I actually quite like it myself as well. Um, but yes, that five hundred horse. I think I think that is a real blocker at the moment. <laughs> Are you going to join a race that you cannot be competitive in for 10 years and pour hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars just to develop just to an try engine and, yeah. to try and get to there? And then you're going to be doing what Nissan was doing at the start and blowing engines up because you're really pushing it to the limit. Yeah. We were lucky that we had Ford and Holden for so long developing these engines. Yeah, and it was gradual, so that was fine. They were, they were you know, one of them wasn't 100 horsepower in front of the other, so... You know, there was 10 horsepower, 14 horsepower, 15 horsepower difference, and they both were developing gradually uh, and trying to beat each other. Now, we've, you know, we've, we've had Nissan come in that had to jump in the ring with two engines that had already had, you know, 15 years of uh, development behind them. So that's definitely something. The 500 horsepower, I think you're really onto something there where we can get a parity on horsepower. Mm-hmm. Even if supercars have to get all the engines... And they all have to be, you know, parity checked. Well, we're not the only ones. Must the Mustangs, um, the NASCAR have reduced the engine power? Yeah, yeah. Output this year. I haven't even watched any of the NASCAR. No, to be honest, I, think I was actually Fox excited Sports about their got new. Rid of it? Yeah, they dropped it. Yeah. Mm. So the only things I see is like on Speed Cafe and stuff. Um, did you did you prepare a little list or no? no? I haven't had time so today. That's all right. So we're happy with that. We can implement this. I'll send this off to Adrian Burgess. I think Michael so. wants the following. You just put JD doesn't like the curs. <laughs> you can keep the curs as long as you can get it cheap. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, Do you think maybe think supercars should... Like, if supercars went to a manufacturer of a curse system and go, all right, sell oh, me yeah. 40 of them. Well, they probably actually probably need more like 100. Okay, sell me 100 of them, and then supercars will get a bulk discount because yep. you're buying a 100 system, and then sell. I think supercars should sell at cost. Yeah, yeah. For that type of thing. if you Especially new technology. Maybe in five years' time when we've had curves on the cars for four years, you know, say 2025, go find your own curve system or something like that because by that time, the curves would have been around. Everyone would have sort of had... A good understanding. All the manufacturers would have their own in their own cars by then as well. Mm. I agree. But like, I, I definitely think if they're going to put a curse system in, it has to be controlled. Oh, for sure. Yeah. We we don't need a, uh, an arms race in supercars other than we've already got one with suspension components. We don't need other arms races. Just a, one thing quickly before we sort of finish up because I'm just looking at the time. Um, do you think the push to pass or the driver activation of curse is the right way to go about it? 
I think so. Is that yeah, going to be think... artificial racing, or do you think if the defending driver has it the same as the attacking driver, it's no, even? I agree. Floor? I agree. I think it's definitely something. The push to pass is kind of a cool. That's a cool way to deal with it, rather than like obviously in Formula One they have like twenty different settings or more. Yeah. Maps so they can just switch through. Yeah. So that they'll just change like you know this is the aggressive one, but it'll it'll overheat tires because it gives you more off the corners and yada yada yada. This is more top speed. Blah blah blah. They go through all the different ones. So, you know, this one's fuel saving. Um, so, no, I, I agree. The push-to-pass one is a, it's a pretty cool idea. And having – I used to love that little meter that showed that you how meter, much it's running out. Because then you'd watch some drivers. You're like – I think it was Button. I used to watch Button. You'd be like, man, he could keep – when he needed – he could reserve the energy and keep up with the car in front. And then you just watch and you're like, yeah, oh, full. mate, you are stuffed. You've got no curves and Button's got a full one. He's like, bang. Yeah, yeah. Vettel and Weber, I used to love watching them do it as well. Mm. Like you watch them for half a lap go around behind this car. Their car in front's used already like three quarters of their curves and they haven't touched theirs and all of a sudden they'd get to like a straight and be like, like pass. Yeah. Prius their way past them. Um, But yeah. So And another one, sorry, uh, Hannah did also mention, she said reduction in aero. So I think reduction in aero, that's coming. That might even come next year to be honest. Yeah, I think with all the, the problems we've had this year, I think they'll definitely be looking at something for next year to sort of square that up. All right. Well, I think we're pretty much done. Oh, no, we haven't. We need to tips. Predictions. I got a point. You did get a point. It's the most boringest point in the world. I Charles. Charles Leclerc. So I think we have to... We're Townsville next, aren't we? Yes, we are. In no. Austria. In Austria is in two days. Oh, no. God, hang on. We've got the Formula One next, not um, supercars. You can pick Reynolds if he wants. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, guys. If you guys are looking. I messaged Mitch before we started um, the podcast and going, what's your tip, mate? It's supercars in Townsville. And he's like, oh, I'm going for Reynolds. And I'm like, it's, it's F1. Okay. Finally got the message back from Mitch. You guys didn't hear it. It was instant. Boom, boom. Done. Boom, boom, done. Max Verstappen is Mitch's tip, which is not a bad one. He won I last year. pretty good tip, yeah. So, who's your pick? Do I get to go first? Yeah, you can go first. Okay. Um, you can even pick Max if you want. But uh, I wasn't actually going to go Max. I was going to go one of the red cars. Correct. Gasly. Oh, uh, red cars, not red bull well, cars. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. one of the red ones. Could you imagine if Gasly got up there? Bullshit. Never happening. <laughs> <laughs> good luck to him. Okay. But I don't think it's happening. Yeah, good luck to him. Um, Leclerc's actually, look, he's captured. The, uh, look, I, nah, I can tell I've chose something. Nah, nah, it's all good. <laughs> I did this last week. And then you're like, no, 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 that's okay. You choose Vettel. I'll go Leclerc. And then Leclerc won. <laughs> yeah, you, no, you go Leclerc. I'll go Vettel. He needs to up his game. <laughs> he does need to up his game. They did have dramas this weekend, but in qualifying, which kind of ruined his yeah. Um, and then he got chances. S- and like, it's really looking like if Max gets in front of you, you just can't pass him. Yeah. Well, he's a pretty hard defender. He has been for a few years. So, nice. so you're going to go Charles. Charles. Yes, Charles. Cool. I will go Vettel. Mitch is going Verstappen. That is our show done and dusted. So thank you very much for everyone for listening. If you have anything you want to write in, if you. Let me know your regs. Our post is still up on the Facebook. I want to know what you guys think. Am I on the 
my in the ballpark. I'm just pulling stuff out of what I think is what I would like to see. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, and you know, it's be interesting to see what everyone thinks as well, because there'll be other things that uh, that you guys pick up on that we we would have missed. I was so, almost yeah. going to say, do we go to a different tire, like change a size of tire? But I don't think we need to. We got the 18s now. There's no need to. Yeah, 18s. Imagine the supercars rolling on 22s. Yeah. <laughs> rubber band ties anyway um, thank you very much for joining us if you have anything you want to write in write in on our Facebook facebook.com forward slash breaking late you can hit us up on our email email is breaking late at gmail.com and we'll be back next week after the Austrian Grand Prix so we'll see you guys later take care bye bye